the change of filthy animals. There's no crying in baseball! Good morning, Vietnam! Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? To infinity and beyond! Go ahead. Make my day. Yeah, well, I saw it on a rerun. Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to another episode of the rerun podcast i'm daryl and this is james how are you today james i'm good wonderful you've been up to anything exciting recently um not much just sitting inside as we've been told yes enjoying your valentine's day from lockdown yes from the window did you get any valentine's day cards uh just the one yeah yeah i didn't get any because we don't do it (laughs) as you know uh so today we are going to be talking about a british classic if you could call it that although it is it's not old enough really to be a classic but it is in in our eyes and it's Shaun of the dead we're gonna sort of approach this from a slightly different angle today because uh you watched it recently did you get around to watching it yesterday Uh, i didn't watch it no i was just um i just watched a few things on youtube just to sort of like refresh my memory mm. when was the last um, time you watched it in full oh i can't remember it's a good good few months ago i think really it's been years for me yeah so, so this is going to be interesting so yeah. it's, it was actually on the tv the other day i think as as it always is um but i this is going to be quite a, a learning not a learning curve but a an interesting journey because I, I sort of keep picking bits out in my mind from the film basically I, I haven't watched it in a long time so there's probably a lot of stuff I'm probably going to forget or you're going to mention it and I'm going to go oh yes I remember that bit <laughs> um, so yeah Shaun of the Dead starring uh, Simon Pegg written by Simon Pegg as well isn't it uh, yeah I believe it's um, written by Simon Pegg and uh, Edgar Wright. Yes, that name clo- crops up quite a bit with Simon Pegg, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's who he wrote and did the um, what they call the Cornetto trilogy. Um, so that yeah, the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then The World's End. Yeah, and the the Cornetto trilogy is that born from that that one scene in this film when he asks uh, Ed, played by Nick Frost, um, what he wants from the shop, and he just says Cornetto. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. I think it might be. I think that's where they got it from, yeah. But I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Mm. So do you want to run us through the uh, plot summary? So basically, uh, the movie is about a guy called Sean, who is an electronics salesman, not really going anywhere in life. And he's disrespected by his colleagues, um, especially one of the colleagues that he works with called Noel, who's kind of really takes the piss um, and yeah he doesn't get along with his stepdad and in the film he also gets dumped by his girlfriend Liz so he really is pretty much a loser in the film this sounds like with. real life <laughs> we are talking about a film aren't we <laughs> yes we are yes not my autobiography <laughs> but yeah and then he has a friend called Ed um, who is kind of like living rent free um, with his other flatmate and yeah ed's a bit of a loser as well and he's kind of dragging sean down because sean could be a lot better of a person as you see by the end of the the film where sean starts off as a loser as i say and then towards the end he's kind of like the leader of the group or the hero of the of the movie so you could say it is um kind of a an unlikely hero story yeah yes zero uh, to hero 
Yes, um, you mentioned about um, the other flatmate, which is uh, Pete, played yes. by uh, Peter Serafinowitz. Yeah. Um, which again, Simon Pegg has worked with on many occasions. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it again. I've said it before. I think Peter Serafinowitz is a talented man, and I'd like to see more of him. But I just, he kind of, he flits in and out of the radar for me. Yeah. Um, you'll see him in something, and then all of a sudden. You won't see him on TV for ages, and then he'll crop up randomly in a film. But yeah, I agree. I think he's he is a good actor, and I think he should have um, more recognition, definitely. Yeah, so Sean is going about his everyday life, and then he wakes up one morning to find... Uh, well, it's interesting, actually, because the first one of the first scenes is, is he goes to the shop, doesn't he? Um, goes yeah. around the, the corner shop to... Uh, to to get the cornetto or whatever the morning milk and everything's normal he comes out the house there's kids kicking a ball around there's people crossing the roads people in the shop he talks to the the uh the shopkeeper so just a normal morning but then the next morning when he gets up he goes out and the kid's there but he's a zombie but he doesn't notice because he's so like just stuck in his routine and then uh, as he crosses the road, you see all these strange things. There's been a car accident, I think, and then he gets into the shop, and there's blood on the on the fridge door. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't notice, and I I really enjoy this scene because it it's it's it happens twice, and everything that Simon Pegg does or, or Sean, everything Sean does is exactly the same. Yeah. But it's the environment that's changed. But because he's lived such a dull life and he's, like I say, stuck in his routine, he doesn't notice that the world around him has actually uh, pretty much come to an end. Exactly, yeah. And he has no clue whatsoever. I, I think it's a really great scene in the film and it's really well written and really well directed. But, but of course, it's that thing that everyone's a zombie, but we, we not to spoil the plot or anything, but uh, we, we never actually find out why they're zombies. Um, I think there is there is something towards the end of the film. Uh, it's kind of I think it's on the TV or the radio, and they actually do. Yeah, they actually do mention it. Well, I can't remember what what it actually is off the top of my head, but I they think do mention it. It's a number of things. I think what they do is in that scene they use um, some cliches from from old uh, sci-fi films, zombie sci-fi films, and I think one news report is about a comet flying over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's actually a film called The Night of the Comet where everyone turns into a zombie uh, and then there's also another news report about a I think a train crash where these toxic chemicals have come out during the, the train crash which I think was um, I get the feeling that was Night of the Living Dead but don't quote me on that uh, so it, it it's kind of there are explanations there but I don't think we get a full explanation Um but yeah, and then and then obviously things start to go wrong. He starts to notice um, things have gone wrong outside. He tries to tell his flatmate Ed, but he doesn't really seem to give a damn. Uh, and then they notice that their other flatmate Pete is not around. Yeah, I think um, um, after he gets back from the shop, he notices that Ed is uh, standing at the window, and he's like, "Why are you standing at the window or something?" And he was like, "There's a girl in the garden." That's the right, yeah. And then they go outside and they think the woman in the garden is, is drunk and they still they're still oblivious to what's going on and they're having a bit of laugh and a joke about it and stuff like that and then they realise something's not quite right. And then I think it's Ed or Sean pushes her backwards and she falls onto that uh, post. Yes. And that is 
a, a theme in this film that although it's funny and obviously it's got the comical slant to it, it is very graphic and gory. It's brutal when it when it wants to be, yeah. Because mm. is that um, the scene where they start throwing records at people? That's the scene afterwards, I think. Because when they say, "Oh, I'm going to go back inside," they notice the other guy in the, the other zombie that's in the garden, and then I think they go indoors as if like it's safe to be just messing about inside and then yeah they come back out because they, they feel like they need to do something about it and then that's when they try to throw things at them and stuff mm. um and it's sort of the, the the journey of this film is laid out uh early on i think uh the day before the uh the, the apocalypse uh sean writes a list on the fridge and it's something along the lines of it might be quit job i'm not too sure but it's get girlfriend back liz buy flowers for mom or something like that yeah um so once this apocalypse has happened and everybody turns to sean to say what are we going to do kind of refers to this list well this, this yeah. is my opportunity get my girlfriend back go see my mom and uh kind of make something of my life although the world's come to an end yeah something i found interesting um that came up with one of the videos i was watching and I, i'd never noticed it like this before mm. um it's where after um, Liz uh, dumps Sean and he's in the pub with Ed um, and Ed's kind of like trying to say you know what we just keep drinking and um, trying to cheer uh, Sean up and uh, he actually said like when he like makes that plan of what their day is going to be like when he says um, we'll have a bloody Mary in the morning the actual girl in the garden's name is Mary ah I see and then he's saying these things and it's kind of like planning out the whole film because you've never seen it before. You wouldn't know. He's pretty much telling you what's going to happen. Yeah, that's see, uh, uh, that's the great thing about Simon Pegg when he when he writes. He he can be very clever with things like that. Um, yeah, I never knew that. And, and you know, it's, it's it's those subtle things. I mean, you, you might not you, like you say, if you're watching it the first time, you'd never notice. And I've never noticed that I've seen it like a, a million times. But it, I, I do enjoy little things like that in films and and yeah that, that scene where um ed is trying to cheer sean up mm. uh, i'm pretty sure if you watch the outtakes on the extras on the dvd um <laughs> there's a bit where ed uh, sorry uh, nick frost is doing that scene with simon Pegg, but simon Pegg keeps cracking up every time yeah. he's doing it but i'm pretty sure what they did was they left the shots of simon Pegg cracking up i think they left them in the film um, which I, I think is really good because it is just it's Simon Pegg just laughing naturally and, and when I see people laughing naturally I laugh naturally yeah um, they've, they've done it in a few films where they've caught actors natural uh, yes. reactions to things and it, it, it really works because obviously if you try to fake a reaction it could just look terrible obviously mm. if you can catch it and it's authentic then it looks a lot better and it um, it just adds to the adds to the story and everything mm. okay quiz time what's the name of the pub that they go to uh in the movie it's called the winchester well done the winchester and why is it called the winchester because there's a winchester rifle above the bar absolutely and who is it who says what do they say about dogs what's the oh, myth yeah, dogs, they have about dogs, dogs can't look winchester. up because it's a pub it's safe it's secure they know it's there what makes it so secure because it's got big heavy doors and, and dead boys you've been to a lock-in and there's a rifle above the bar i would think that's deactivated surely it's not i'm telling you John's connected, Big Al says so. Yeah, well, Big Al also says dogs can't look up. They can't. Oh, can't they? No, they can't. Of course they can. Are you sure? Yes, Al, look, the pub is the right place to go, okay? Everything is going to be fine, I promise. <laughs> 
Which I don't even know. Is that true? I yeah, don't yeah, think it's of true. course, of course they can. Yeah, they can look up. Yeah, yeah. Big Al says dogs can't look up. Big Al, he's he's the barman. Yeah, who he does make an appearance later on, but we'll we'll get to that. So, Sean takes it upon himself after killing the two people in the garden, and uh, Pete then comes down the stairs, doesn't he? Or is he in the shower? Um, yeah. So after they've got rid of the two in the uh, in the garden, it cuts back to that whole thing before the apocalypse where Pete says the door's open again and he's really pissed off. They keep and leaving think, the front door open, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the last time you, you see Pete is when he's angry and he, sh- he shuts the front door. Mm. And he's been um, bitten by someone on the bus or something. Yeah, and then sort of like goes back to that same old thing where they've left the door open and one of the, the zombies actually enters the house. Yeah, it's after they kill him. The guy, they're like, the, we need the, to get out there. Yeah, the zombie that comes in is the uh, the groom. That's right. And when, and when he walks in, uh, Sean shouts, "Oh, he's got an arm off!" Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. hits him with the, uh, I think it's an ashtray. That's right. Yeah. Seriously, what I'm saying, I haven't watched it in such a long time, but it's like it's, it's, you're igniting memories now. Yeah, it's Always one of those films. Once you've seen it a few times, it's just it just sticks, ingrains in your memory. Yeah. So Sean goes back upstairs for something. I can't remember what it is, but he goes in the bathroom and he sees Pete's in the shower. Uh, but he leaves, but he doesn't tell Ed. As they're coming out, he says, everything all right? He just says, yeah, everything's fine. And then that's it, they leave. And is it the first place they go to? Is it his, his um, mum's, I think? I think it's the mum. Yeah, it's the mum, yeah, because they, they end up, when they're leaving the house, They get att- um, that's when his stepdad, Philip, gets attacked by yes. the zombies yeah. and then they end up taking the jaguar because um, Ed accidentally with my fingers accidentally crashed the car yes because he really wants to drive his dad's his stepdad's yes. jag uh, stepdad played by Bill Nye yes yes um, there is uh, during that whole bit um, when um, Sean is speaking to his mom in the kitchen you can actually hear Ed in the background crash- crashing the car which again I didn't realise until I'd was trying to like create some notes for the podcast and stuff, and I was so, like, "Oh yeah, that's I didn't even notice that." I, I don't know. How do you know these things? I've never noticed that. Either. <laughs> uh, a, a, lo- a thing I love about that scene is that uh, is when he's talking to um, his his stepdad, Bill Noy, and he's been bitten on the I think he's bitten on the neck uh, when he was out washing the car or something, and she says, "Oh, you need to go to the doctor," and he says, "No, I ran it under a cold tap." And that's yes. just such a like it's a, a British, British, a very thing. yes British elderly thing to de- uh, to say because uh, I mean I, I have elderly relatives that just don't want you know they feel like they're a hindrance and a bother mm. to to seek any sort of help or medical attention so I just I ran it under a cold tap. Sean wants to take us somewhere. Don't be silly. I'm not going anywhere. Well, maybe you should stay here. You know, wait for the doctor and I'll take Mum. But you said the doctor wasn't coming. You didn't call the doctor, did you? Well, I thought we ought to be on the safe side. I'm quite all right, Barbara. I ran it under a cold tap. I really think... We had our jabs when we went to the Isle of Wight. I also love the conversation that he has, that Sean has, sorry, with his mum in the kitchen. Did you know that on several occasions he touched me? That wasn't true. Made it up. Shouldn't have done. Sorry. He's trying to get his mum to sort of like fall out with Philip because they feel like they have to kill him. And he's saying things about um, there was one time when he when he touched me and stuff like that and just really inappropriate stuff. But it's a lie. 
yeah, it's just a really funny conversation that he has. And he, he talks about, it kind of lays out the relationship that he has with his stepdad. And uh, I think there's a bit where <laughs> they're having the conversation and and she says something, the mum says something about, I, I don't like the way you spoke to your, because she keeps saying your father, mm. obviously, but it's not. I didn't, I didn't like the way you spoke to your father last time, what you what you called him. Mum, he chased me around the garden with a bit of wood. Well, you did call him a you-know-what. Oh, what, did he tell you that? Yes, he did. Motherfucker. Sean. Sorry, Mother. Mum. And it's just, it, it, it shows that, that turmoil, uh, tumultuous relationship that they've had over the years. Mm. Um, and then um, once they convince them to leave the house, it's just like a, a, a free-for-all because Ed's driving the jag and he's running people over and... Loud music and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And when the car finally comes to a stop, it, it's apparent that the stepdad has been bitten by a zombie and he's slowly turning into one. And it's quite a touching moment because you know how I said like it's comedy mixed with gore? Hmm. It's We have comedy mixed with um, sort of the emotion, the emotional side. Yeah, and definitely. He still he says to Sean, you know, when I met your mother, you were already in your teens. You were already such a, you know, you were becoming a man already. So any influence that I could have would have been very small. And that sort of led to this uh, standoffish relationship that they've had. But mm. the, the, the father, the stepfather always wanted to just be a good parent, a good role model. Mm-hmm. And in those final moments when he kind of slips away, Sean says to his mum, dad's dead. What's wrong? Mum, it's Philip. He's gone. Where's he gone? Mummy's dead. No, he isn't. <sighs> Get us! Get us! And it, it's that moment where, like, although there's, there's always been this animosity, he deep down he's always had this this affection for him that he yeah. always knew that it was a good thing. But obviously, he just felt threatened that it was, you know, t- taking his mum away. But he was he was still a stable father figure in his life. And you're like, oh no, you know, that's that's quite sad. And then the mum turns around and says, no, he's not. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> But he's turned into a zombie, so he's there going. Yeah. And then it's get out the car. And that's another great moment. You say about the loud music. He keeps telling Ed to turn the music down. And then when they get out the car, the radio comes on. It's all blaring. And they shut all the the doors and they're standing there. And he says, look, mum, anything that was left of your husband is now gone. Yeah. But the father leans through and presses the, the radio in the car. So the music goes off. And then it's like, oh, we better go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it's clever writing, and I, yeah, I think it goes back to Edgar Wright's use of visual gags. He's mm. very he's very good at visual gags. Yeah, they um, make a great team. Yeah, like the bit in the pub when, um, at the beginning, when Liz is trying to have a conversation with Sean, and you can just see Ed on the fruit machine in the background, and he keeps finishing Liz's sentences and stuff like that, and how they're kind of like you think it's just. Um, Sean and Liz just having a serious conversation, but then mm. it does, it does, it does show Ed. They're talking about him, and he's right there. And then they're talking about her friends, and they're right there, and stuff like that. And it's just, um, it's mm. just good writing. Very, mm. yeah, clever. Um, I think from the mum's house they go on to Liz's flat, mm-hmm. um, and he tries to climb up the the trestle outside, yeah, or, or the drain pipe. They won't let him in uh, because her friend is there. Uh, David, played by Dylan Moran, 
and he tells him over the intercom, you're not welcome here, nobody wants you here, but he's actually in love with, with Liz, but he, he, never, he won't admit it. And then you can hear Sean outside trying to climb up the pipe going, Ugh, uh, uh, and the camera, yeah. like you say, the visuals, the camera focuses on the balcony or the window, and you think, oh, he's coming, he's coming, the music sort of builds up a little bit, and then, <laughs> and then the buzzer goes again. Yeah, can you let me in, please? Yeah, because he's, he's not this hero. He's not an action hero. You're not coming in. I... All right. See you in a minute. Don't. Hi, it's me again. Yeah, they build him up to, to be in a hero, but he's not quite there yet. So once he gets inside, it, it's uh, it's sort of... He tries to convince them because David says, no, no, we need to stay here. This is the pl safest place to be. Uh, but Sean says, no, we've got to get out of here. It's not safe. We need to go to somewhere where we can hold up. And where's the place he suggests? The Winchester. The good old Winchester. And there's a nice bit here where he sort of, he says, we need to be somewhere that's on the ground that we're familiar with. It's got big doors, uh, got good supplies and all this lot. And David says that... Uh, he compares that Sean Sean compares a romantic night spot of the Winchester to the same thing as an impenetrable fortress. Lizzie, how can you put your faith in a man you spectacularly binned for being unreliable? A man whose idea of a romantic night spot and an impenetrable fortress are the same thing. It's this is a this is a pub. We are in a pub. What are we going to do? I get around him. And it's like that a suggestion that Sean's life it's in a rut and his life is just work go to the mm -hmm. pub yeah definitely um there's also that thing within the film as well where certain actions or certain things that aren't quite important as in like where they do leave the door open a little bit and when um when they're talking about there's like a, a toasty maker at the pub and stuff like that and when before the apocalypse they those things weren't quite right um, you see things where they leave the door open slightly and Pete gets annoyed at it and how um, Ed suggests about um, the, the toasty maker behind the bar and stuff at the pub and um, in, in a real world those sorts of things uh, especially the toasty maker and going to the pub all the time is not quite right hmm. um, but when it comes to being the apocalypse leaving the door open a bit is actually life-threatening Mm. And the toasty maker behind the bar is actually a lifesaver because it means that they can eat actually eat food because they're like in survival mode. Yes, it's just funny how they flip those things round. And and that's a, a common theme throughout the whole film is is that uh, juxtaposition between normal life and the end of yeah. life. Yeah, like everyday things that happen in normal life become much more serious or life saving. Mm. Um, when there's an apocalypse, it mm. flips things on its head almost. So they eventually convince Liz and the gang to leave. Uh, I'm trying to think of David's girlfriend, which... Oh, that's um, Diane. Yes, played by Lucy Davis. Yeah, it's uh, Jasper Carrot's daughter. Uh, you, you know what? You've just said that. and I, I thought to myself, really? But I knew that. But it's like one of those tucked away in the back of my mind things. Yeah. Uh, and she was in The Office, wasn't she? She played uh, Dawn. She was, yes. Yeah. Um, I love The Office. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Um, she's a very good actress. I think she's very she versatile. Is, yeah. She is, good, yeah. Uh, so they then decide to to make it on foot. I'm pretty sure the mummy's with them by this point. 
Yeah, she is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that moment when they're going down the alleyway and they bump into uh, their friends. Yeah. But they're all exactly the same. They're all dressed the same. Yeah, when they bump into them, I think they are kind of like... They look the same, but I think they're kind of like polar opposites in terms of where they are in their life. Yes. Uh, Jessica um, Haynes is yeah. the... Uh, she was obviously in Spaced with Simon Pegg. Um, she's kind of like, like you say, his his opposite number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Martin Freeman's in that group as well. She is, yeah. She plays the... Uh, she. I think he plays the, the, um, the boyfriend or the yeah. ex or something. And uh, I think Matt Lucas is there as well. Yeah, Matt Lucas is kind of like the opposite to um, Ed's character. Mm. And then it has um, Julia Deakin, who is also in Spaced. As... And uh, that's Yvonne's mum, Jessica... Is she the one who lives upstairs? Is... The, the woman who owns the... In Spaced, in, the woman who in owns space. the house. She's the landlady, yeah. yeah. Come back in one piece, Brian. You know which piece <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I have to talk about that again at some point. Yeah, and yeah, I really enjoy that moment. And then it's on to the the Winchester, but they 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 go through the gardens, the back gardens, and there's that bit. And it, again, it's because it's like a it ends up being a, a kind of an unrelated trilogy of films. Sort of a recurring theme throughout the trilogy is when he jumps over the fences. Yeah, and it's kind of like again he tries to be like an action hero. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, watch this type of situation. And is this the one where he hits the fence, but it collapses? Yeah, in the first one, he's kind of, like, really confident. Like, what, have you never, like, climbed a fence or whatever he says? I can't quite remember off the top of my head. And as he does it, it collapses on him, yeah. Yeah. And then he gets up a bit sort of sheepish, and he's sort of, like, asking everyone to follow him and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. See? What did I say? The Winchester's just over there. Over where? Over there. Just over there, over the 20 garden fences. What's the matter, David? I'm taking a shortcut before. And then they go on to uh, the the garden behind, uh, across the road from the Winchester. And that's the bit where the mum says, oh, I think I know who lives around here. Yes. And she goes to the house, but we, we, don't, we don't see her go to the house, I don't think. And then they look over the fence to see if there's any zombies out there and there are there's zombies everywhere i think i'm muddling up my timeline here but she screams the mum screams and she's being attacked by the guy who lives in the house uh so they like beat him off (laughs) fight him (laughs) off sorry they fight him off it's not that kind of film (laughs) and uh and then save her but she doesn't tell anyone that she's been bitten Mm -hmm. um, which comes into play a little bit later on so then they decide that the best way to uh, pass through the horde of zombies on the other side of the fence to get to the Winchester is to act like zombies. And then Diane comes into her own here because she's an, an amateur uh, actor. And uh, she decides to get everybody to uh, act like a zombie. And the thing I love about this scene is that when the camera pans, because they all have to have a go, they all go, oh. And yes. uh, when the camera pans on to... Uh, Sean's mum <laughs> she's got just this dead look on her face and then yeah. Diane says oh that's very good and she's like oh sorry dear I was miles away <laughs> she, Yeah, she just nails that dead look so well okay let's try shall we Liz nice good vocal work okay Barbara that's excellent 
Sorry, dear, I was miles away. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and on that bit there where I think it just goes to show like what sort of a person Ed is throughout the whole film when it comes to his turn and he's like, I'll do it on the night. It's like he's really not bothered. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And <laughs> he does that thing where he just goes, oh, no, no, no. He's yeah. like, what, what, what was that? What was that? I'll do it on the night. But then and he says to Sean, all right then, Sean, how would you do it? And he goes, ah, oh, he does it really well. And Ed's like, oh, that, that was actually pretty good, actually. Ed. I'll do it on the night. This is the night. <sighs> what is that? What about yours? Hey, who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? Oh, oh, no. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty good. And then they get across the the road through the hordes of zombies and the door's locked of the Winchester, they can't get in. Um, another bit of trivia for you, when they're going through all the zombies, um, the guy or the character who played, I don't know, yeah, I'm going to say it's just, it's tyres from from uh, Spaced appears. Yeah, I, oh, I can't remember his name. I his can't remember name. his name either. Um, yeah, I know, the, is, he actually, is he in that scene, is he? He is, yeah. He's wearing um, his uh, courier's outfit, so he's uh, got like a, the cap on and the. Yeah, I was just going to say. I hope he's dressed in his biker gear. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Something I love about tires in space is that he, he hears a beat in everything. He hears the track. Yes. And I'm sort of similar myself. Like if I'm sitting in the car and the indicator's going, it's going. I start like drumming so. <laughs> and so on. Um, and I think I do often wonder if there's a few people in that scene that we are supposed to like, you know, cameos or whatever, because there's a few like fast shots of faces in it. Um, but it's it always go goes by so quick I can't pick out who's who. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to know that tires is there. I also um, remember watching like an outtake or like a behind the scenes video of that bit where when they get stuck at the doors they can't get in, and then Sean jumps jumps up onto the bin to um try and like get their attention mm. um and the bit where he's like oh my god where they're all like sort of paying him attention i think that's like a true like an actual authentic response mm. i think because of like they're all dressed up as zombies and stuff like that and there's loads of them i think he actually did get like a bit sort of taken taken aback by it yeah in real life and it they was... left it in the film it must be strange making a film really because you you've got a i know it's a comedy but you've still got to put your head in a certain mindset um and i suppose it can be overwhelming at times mm, yeah um, definitely and the outtakes from the film are brilliant as well i, I love outtakes and I, I like the way they've been included in the dvd yeah um i don't think they're on the credits though I'm no there's no sure. there's no um there's nothing on the credits at all no it's sort of like the film ends and then it just that's it mm. but they sean runs off doesn't he to distract them because yeah. uh, David, in his infinite wisdom, smashes the window yes. um, to get in. So they all get in and then Sean runs off to distract the zombies. And they just sort of hunker down and then Sean reappears later on. And there's a bit in this scene. <laughs> when he comes back, um, David refers to Ed as Sean's boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, or the other way around. And uh, there's a bit where Ed pours him a pint and as he passes it over Sean says thanks babe and he yeah. <laughs> winks at him there is a back door David I tried to tell you before you went and smashed the window 
Well, I wasn't the one who was blowing our cover by having a tiff with my boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. <laughs> Might be a bit warm, the cooler's off. Thanks, babe. So, and I feel like the, the film does slow down a little bit at this point because there's a lot of dialogue going on. There's a lot of back and forth it's arguing. Where, it's where the film changes. It gets a lot darker. Mm. There's a bit where it becomes apparent that Sean's mum has been bitten mm-hmm. and she starts to go down the pan. Uh, yeah, interestingly enough, you know, earlier on we were saying about um, sort of the juxtaposition of things at the start of the film and then in the middle of the film. Uh, there's a bit where he throws his flowers away to his mum. Yeah. Uh, he chucks them in the bin or somebody chucks them in the bin. And then later on as they're uh, going into the pub, I think, she finds them in the same bin and says, oh, I think yeah, these because, are for me. Because he did originally buy them for his mum and then he gave them to Liz. That's right. And then Liz broke up. And then when you see him going to the pub after after they broke up, that's when he throws them in the bin. Mm. And then, like as you say, later on in the film, when they go back to the pub uh, in the apocalypse, uh, I love those little Sean's bits. Find, yeah, it's, I, it's good. I think they're just really nice little things that they've thrown into it. Um, it's attention to detail, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that's always been a staple of Simon Pegg. Um, and uh, and then, like I say, the the mum becomes. Uh, starts to deteriorate and they've decided to get the shotgun from above the bar start arguing over who's going to kill her because she's not zombified yet and obviously david's being very insensitive Uh, and i think this is quite an intense scene as well because it comes out about david's feelings for liz yeah uh or, or rather his his girlfriend diane she she says look i've always known that you're not in love with me you're in love with Liz, but he still denies it. He's like, I'm not in love with Liz. Don't be so ridiculous. And it comes down to Sean to shoot his own mum. Yes. Could you shoot your own mum? Depends what she's done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you monster. You heartless monster. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Probably oh, not. You're going to have to buy extra on Valen- uh, Valentine's Day. You're going to have to buy extra on Mother's Day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, imagine being faced with that. And it's, it's, again, it's that, it's the comedy, in that moment, the comedy just stops. And it, it becomes just this it, yeah. like intense, high energy moment. And then just as she's like, she turns into a zombie, she goes, Rah! and he goes bang and kills her. Yeah. It's like he's he's waited for that last, the very last moment, and the confirmation that his mum is gone. Yes. To blow her away. Yeah. And then sort of the attention then turns back to David and how his his insensitivities towards the, the situation, and then the graphicness, the the gore comes back into it because the window gets smashed. And the zombies are back and they grab David and they pull him out the door, uh, out the window and just tear him to pieces. Yes. And it, for me, throughout the whole film, though it just contain the gore, that is the most graphic, violent thing in the film. And I even find yeah. it slightly distressing. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, um, they're kind of like tipping their hat to zombie films because in the zombie films, those... But that's that's like a typical zombie sort of death. Yes. Where you get ripped apart. Um, and it, and it is like, just horrendous. Yeah, it's very graphic and brutal, definitely. It would be a terrible way to die. He doesn't yeah. look like he suffers for too long, but it is just... And fair play to Dylan Moran 
for, for yeah. doing it. He did. He did it really well. He did. Um, just I, just, I can remember. I think his tongue's like flapping around as he's being torn to pieces, <laughs> and it's oh, it's just oh but, god. Um, I like the um, the sort of like. I guess it would be sort of like naivety or denial that what's just happened by Diane when obviously for some reason his legs come off yeah. in that moment as well and Diane unlocks the pub doors and runs out with the with one of his legs <laughs> and starts hitting the zombies with it trying to get David back. Yeah, um, She did feel for him. Yes. But he, it just it wasn't reciprocated because he was in love with Liz. Yeah, but as you say in that like that whole scene it's just really good writing because it can go from a comedy with like visual gags or something that's spoken or something and then it can turn into something that's like re- like horror or something that's like really sort of emotion driven yeah it, it is it is amazing you'll have to forgive me if at some point i said dylan when i meant david <laughs> i might have done that i'm not too sure that's okay. You're just referring to the actor rather than the character. Yes. Um, and it's the scene that really sticks out in my mind uh, when people talk about Shaun of the Dead. It's kind of, it's the scene that my mind goes immediately to. Um, now, I'm not sure if it's already happened by this point, but the landlord makes a reappearance, doesn't he? He does, yeah. What's his name again? Uh, Big Al. Big Al. Yeah. Um, he makes a reappearance with his wife. And again, it's a, it's one of those scenes that um, people will remember is during the pushing and shoving, the jukebox comes on and yeah. it's playing Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Mm-hmm. And they're hitting him with pool cues or snooker cues in yeah. time with yeah. uh, with the music. Yeah. Um, and every time that song comes on at a disco or a party or on the radio, I always think of that scene. Something um, Something else that I found out that i thought was very clever is um how at the beginning when sean was in the pub with ed upset after just breaking up with liz one of the songs that kept the song that came on was um was it called if you leave me now yeah and then the song that comes on in the pub in the bit you just described it's it's the queen song and it's um don't stop me now they both have me now but it's like two separate ways it's like don't leave me now and don't stop me now which i think kind of represents where sean was and where he is now you've that's very deep yeah (laughs) (laughs) you've read into that really well you see i i I would never have thought about that and that is that's a really good point that again it's the juxtaposition of the the drabness of his life at the start Mm. to, to now this high octane situation that he's in and he's he's trying to just fight through it for the good of everybody yeah definitely um, and then, like you say, things do get a bit darker. I think um, there's a there's a fire, and I think the only people that sort of make it out of this, well, they don't quite all make it out alive. Is Sean, Liz, and Ed? They end up in the basement, in the cellar of the pub. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, Ed has taken a hit. He's been bitten. He's been bitten. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always found when I watched that film. Even from the first time I watch it, and when I watch it now, it kind of—I don't know—I find it—I find it a bit more traumatizing than the bit with his mum mm. <laughs> when he gets bit, because obviously Ed is like this character that you don't really want to get hurt because you kind of, although he's a bit of a shit person, mm. character-wise, he's very selfish. Um, 
you kind of don't want him to get get hit because you, you've you followed him throughout the whole film and some of the moments he has in the film are like really good and you build up kind of like a rapport with him yeah although he's like a, a slob and a bit of a dreg he's he's got sean's back all the way yeah so yeah it's it's quite sad when you get when you see him get uh he gets bitten mm. a few times and then it's decided that uh sean and liz will make make a run out of the um serving hatch i believe the delivery hatch for the cellar yeah um but ed will stay behind uh, has he got the shotgun or is he just i think they there? give him the gun yeah yeah so he just and it's that kind of he's sacrificing himself he knows he knows he's gonna die but he'd rather be torn to pieces by zombies than become one so he sits there waiting and then uh sean and liz bust out of the the, the delivery hatch um to be met by the army yes they've sort of swooped in and they're shooting out all the zombies and uh this is where jessica haynes comes back into it she's kind of uh met up with the army at some point and then said look i know there's people out there i know where they're going where they've gone and we must go back to find them yeah Uh, so she's kind of led the army to them and it's it's a bittersweet moment because they've been saved you know they're, they're at the end of their journey but poor ed you know, he was he was minutes away from from save uh, being saved, salvation, and he's, he's unfortunately stuck in the cellar, yeah, shooting the shit out of zombies uh, on the verge of becoming one. I, I think it's kind of sad for for Ed. Yeah, there's that moment as well when they're actually in the cellar, um, and also I was going to say um, when I mentioned before, like when it's when you see him get bit and you think they don't they don't show him after he's been bit and stuff and they jump behind the bar you don't see him and you think that's it he's he's gone he's out of the film mm. and it's kind of like oh my god like he's he's gone and then all of a sudden he he like comes behind the bar mm. and then you think oh maybe he's going to get saved and then they you see him in the cellar and then they come out of the cellar without him and you think oh no he's actually going to die he's actually he's actually done for mm but then you see him again at the end. Yes, um, because once life has vaguely returned to normal, and I, and I do like this bit, they they show like the newsreels, and they're um, they've sort of retrained some of these zombies to do things. So yeah, uh, I think there's one collecting trolleys. Um, I can't remember what the other ones are doing. Um, and then at the very end, Sean says to Liz, "Do you mind if I just go up in the shed and play some games?" Yeah, yeah, go on then. And then when we get up there, we find Ed. Yes, he's a zombie, but he still sort of has part of the brain that that lets him play video games. He yeah. still understands how to play video games. So it's kind of, it's kind of a happy ending, sort of for him. He didn't die. Yeah, but yeah, it's not what you expect to see, but it kind of you kind of accept it. If I was a zombie, would you allow me to sit next to you and play video games? Uh, I'd probably chain you up like they did with Ed. Yeah. I th- <laughs> Does he try to take a bite out of Sean? He does, yeah, and he yeah. tells him off. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's it's a strange film. It really is, and it, it's kind of one of those things that I, I'm surprised it's so popular. Um, yeah, being a British film as well, because I mean, let's face it, some some British films I don't think are up to scratch anymore. Um, back in the sixties and seventies, I thought we did really good films, but it sort of waned off over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, it gave birth to to the Cornetto series. And I'm pretty sure this film, the idea for this film, came from an episode of Spaced. Uh, yeah, it did, yeah. 
It's the one where he's playing video games with. He's uh, he's actually um, playing Resident Evil Two, I think it is. Yes, and, and but he's, think, he's very tired or something, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's he'd been he's under the influence of drugs from yeah. the night before mm. because you see Nick Frost's character, mm. and he's like apparently he fell asleep on the tube and he's ended up in Sheffield or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. It's a great moment. Yeah. Um, I, must, I must have changed at St. Cross or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Although he was asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and it's, it kind of got spawned from there. And I suppose perhaps that final moment in the film where he sat playing the video game, I wonder if it's a homage to that episode. Yeah, it definitely did come from that episode. Mm. I, yeah, I think I that's, think, that's I think what that, it is. That gave them sort of the uh, the inspiration mm. for it after they did that episode definitely um something i'd like to see is um another Shaun of the dead film but from the perspective of um yvonne because obviously you see yvonne with her friends in that alleyway scene yeah and at the end you, they're not there anymore so it kind of tells you that they all died so i'd kind of like to i think it'd just be interesting it might just be me but i think it'd be interesting to see see it from her perspective yeah it would be good and then to include that scene in the alleyway in the yes. film which yeah. which would be really good uh yeah yeah that would that would be great unfortunately i think jessica haynes has uh she's aged a bit since then although yes she's one of those women though I don't, she's just i think she pretty much looks the same now as what she did 20 years ago yeah i think um because obviously she was in the royal family and stuff as well and there's what? uh i think she had like she put like some weight on and stuff when she was in that to to go with her character because she's always talking about dieting and stuff mm. in the royal family mm. um but then when you see her in um spaced and uh shawn of the dead obviously she's like slimmed down and she looks a lot different yeah i think in series two of spaced she she trimmed down quite a bit yeah um it, it would it would be good to see that um they could start their own trilogy again what could they have instead of cornetto calypso <laughs> remember is it calypso or calippo 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 yeah the, 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 there is calypso as well to yeah. be fair it was the orange ones wasn't it is it did they, they do any other flavors except for orange uh i'm not sure to be honest yeah i was I think just I didn't thinking like... of um solero as well the solero, solero trilogy yeah. the thing <laughs> I, the thing i didn't like about calippos is that uh the the, the top of the the tube because it's like made of like this paper composite yeah, it, it kind of starts to go all bitty and horrible and soggy. And I always hated that. Yeah, kind of like those paper straws you now get at McDonald's. And if you're too ham-fisted and you squeeze it too hard, it just flies out the packet. Yeah, yeah. I, I tip tops as well. The same with tip tops. <laughs> yeah, but I, I used to let them melt and then drink it out. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Are we talking about films or? Uh, I don't know. Chilled. We've become sidelined. <laughs> Chilled sweets. Yeah. <laughs> there was something the other day I, I was thinking. I, I thought to myself that uh, David Schneider was in it. I thought, yeah, he's in it at the start with the uh, the scene when all, with all the infected monkeys. Uh, and then I realised that was 28 days later. <laughs> I got the two totally mixed up. I think it's because of the association that David Schneider is a comedy actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just got mixed up. But, uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead is... It's a good film. It, it kind of it played quite a big part in my life uh, many years ago. Probably, yeah, when I was at in my college days, because um, I knew a lot of people then who liked it. Um, so I sort of had this uh, fad with zombie films at the time, and yeah. uh, 
I suppose 28 Days Later was around, it was out around about the same time. Um, so that, you, you tend to get that with cinema, don't you? You get a run of uh, related topic films. Yeah, and when um, Shaun of the Dead came out, I don't think many people expected it to be the film that it actually was. Because mm. uh, with the title and everything else, obviously it's a play on words to Dawn of the Dead. Mm. And um, in the same year, they actually did release um, a remake of um, Dawn of the Dead. Did they? In the same year, yeah. I, I, I knew that it came out again. Yeah, I remember going to the cinema to see the remake of Dawn of the Dead at the cinema. And then that's where I actually saw the trailer for Shaun of the Dead. And I was like, this is some sort of like weird thing that they've done because I'm watching Dawn of the Dead and it's kind of just, just like a playful sort of thing. And then it was like, it's an actual film. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting to see it, but I know I had to watch it. Mm. When did you meet um, Simon Pegg? Uh, that was for the premiere of um, Hot Fuzz. All right. We, we, did you go into the premiere or were you just outside? No, um, I didn't even... It, well, at the time, it was when I was at university and I think... I can't remember what I was doing, but I decided that I needed to get out of the house I was living in at the time. Mm. So I went into central London and um, just on a whim, I went to... I just went to Leicester Square and lo and behold, they were having the premiere for Hot Fuzz. Um, so I just decided to stand in the cold and the wet all day to <laughs> hoping to meet um, people from the film. And um, yeah, I got to meet um, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, Jessica Hines, Adam Buxton, quite a few people to be fair. I'd like to meet Jessica Hines. <laughs> <laughs> they were all really, really nice. I got to meet Olivia Coleman, who's quite big these days. Uh, it- Acting wise, yes, yes. <laughs> um, she wasn't in. No, oh, was she just there? She was in Hot Fuzz. Was she? Yeah, she was the uh, officer that kept being like really sort of raunchy. Oh, I can see. The, I, the I can't remember. Officer. It's been so long since I've watched it. And Olivia Coleman, I think she's such a star because uh, obviously she was in. She was big in Peep Show when that was yeah. on, and. Uh, since then she's like she's been in films she's been in tv programs she's, she's become a bit of a name in america yeah she's and, actually was actually nominated for an oscar yeah and then uh, when they did series seven of peep show she came back to reprise her role yeah and i think that's really really good it's 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 not it's not shying away from your roots it's it's still keeping that that element of you know she she just started on this um channel 4 tv show and and got big but she she hasn't forgotten that yeah as i say um when i got to meet her at that premiere she did she did come come across as like a really down-to-earth nice person and she was like very sort of apologetic it's also it's almost as if like she couldn't believe she was there i'm sorry i'm meeting you james sorry (laughs) (laughs) sorry for having a selfie with you sorry but yeah yeah um are they the most famous people you've ever met um, I think so. Strangely enough, I have I have come across I have met quite a few famous pe- people in sort of like random places. Mm. Mostly when I lived in London, which mm. is probably to be expected. Mm. Yeah, I think I almost again I was um, I was at the premiere for Talad- Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. With Will Ferrell, um, and I almost got a high five off him. 
How almost? Uh, about three or four people away. Oh, <laughs> were you leaning Cause... desperately over everybody? Yeah, because he, he sort of... He, he arrived in this car and he got out of the car and he immediately ran over to the people and he just ran down all the people and he was just giving them a high five. And then just like, as I say, about three or four people before he got to me, he's decided to, it was, he'd gone too far and he'd turned around and jogged back up to where he was supposed to be. <laughs> and you're, you're quite a tall bloke, so I, I'm surprised you didn't get the reach. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I've uh, I've met Brian May from Queen. Nice. Uh, every time I hear um, Bohemian Rhapsody, I always say, "Yeah, I'm shaking the hand of the guy who plays this riff." <laughs> um, but I suppose uh, the most famous person I've met is Christopher Lloyd, who played Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went to uh, a don't tell anyone a Star Trek convention some years Ooh. ago, and, and he was in Star Trek Three. Um, so, but I actually paid to have a photo with him. Yeah. And uh, he said four words to me, which were, Hi, thanks for coming. And that was it. <laughs> I had my photo. And, and unfortunately, in the photo, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear. But he's like halfway through speaking. So, so he's got his <laughs> mouth open a little bit. But uh, he's quite a small bloke. But it was the best £41 seems... pounds I've ever spent. He comes across as quite tall. I know. it's, But I think, I mean, Michael J. Fox must be really small. Yeah, um, must be. Because I always thought he was tall, so I was, I was very, very strange to be standing next to him. And he's like, he's a good, he's a good sort of five or six inches shorter than me. Yeah, um, I went to one of those conventions. I went to um, the Walking Dead convention hmm. a few years back, and I got to meet one of the guys that plays a bad guy, or did at the time. He also does the voice for Trevor in GTA Five. Oh, really? He's my favourite character. Yeah, I got to have my picture taken with him and I look completely sort of like washed out and just really <laughs> tired. And But yeah, he, he seemed like a nice person. But obviously you go in, they say thanks for coming, you shake their hand and they have your picture and then next person and it's yeah. kind of like a in well, and out sort of thing. You probably looked, you probably fitted in quite well if you looked washed out if it was The Walking Dead. <laughs> I was actually wearing my Dawn of the Dead t-shirt as well. I thought it was appropriate. I'm surprised you weren't kicked out. <laughs> Oh, no. Right then. So, okay then. That's been uh, us talking about Shaun of the Dead. Who knows what we'll talk about next? I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of ideas. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and also on Facebook, which is at Rerun Podcast. So if we have forgotten anything, you can comment. When we, when we upload this, you can comment on there to let us know what we've forgotten. Which I'm sure is a lot of things. Probably. Yeah. Okay, then. Wonderful. So we shall see you next time.